0: You're listening to the Hippie Haven podcast. I'm Callie, an environmental activist and public speaker, creator of Bestowed Essentials, a line of eco-friendly home and body products, owner of Hippie Haven, the first zero-waste store in South Dakota, and of course, host of this Hippie Haven podcast. If you're new here, I release an episode every Wednesday, which you can get instantly downloaded to your phone for easy listening by subscribing to this podcast on any of the major podcasting apps. The show notes and full transcript for every episode are available on my website, hippiehavenpodcast.com. You can also learn more about me on the website or by following along on Instagram at Shop. This episode is part two of my Live Your Best Life series as we start off 2020 doing the internal work to be our best selves so that we can then do more impactful external work to help others and the environment. My guest today is Kathleen Nightingale, a certified hypnotherapist and narcissist abuse recovery coach. She shares how to recognize a narcissist, the common mind games they play, how their particular type of abuse affects your mental health and self-confidence, how to cut contact, what to do if you can't cut them out of your life, how to date again after, and more. So let's get into today's episode. What do you think causes someone to become a narcissist?
1: My understanding is, you know, things that they went through in their childhood, and I find this to be true with so many other things. When I've worked with people, there's so many things that stem back there. You know, they could have been bullied or it could have been something with the parents. Um, My understanding where they could have been kind of spoiled with material things, but didn't get the emotional love that they needed.
0: How can you tell if, you know, somebody you've been around your whole life, perhaps a family member is a narcissist? Kind of, are there shared traits? How do you recognize that?
1: Well, like in dating, you know, when they really sweep you off your feet quickly and they may just, you know, really spoil the heck out of you and really idealize you. That's the first stage uh, in a relationship with a narcissist. There's generally three stages, by the way, and it's idealize, devalue, and discard. So you get in this heavy idealization where they want, they want in their mind to believe that you're just so incredibly awesome because it makes them feel awesome. So they really put you on a pedestal. It's only kept up for so long before the next phase starts, which becomes a shock. So in the dating world, it's kind of good to start slower. People can be charming, but, you know, it gets to the extreme with a narcissist.
0: And what does that second stage look like? So you said it comes to quite a shock.
1: Well, devaluing, because, you know, you've been on a pedestal. Uh, They make you feel really euphoric. In the devaluing stage, you know, things start to go south, and they kind of realize, well, you're not so perfect after all. And then they have to start putting you in your place by devaluing you. So then the put-downs would start, you know, to make them feel better about themselves. They're really good on the verbal side with various games they can play and the manipulation and the gaslighting.
0: Mm,
1: And what is gaslighting? (laughs) Basically, it comes down to they make you feel like you're the one who's crazy, you know, because what, what you're seeing is real, but they're kind of manipulating
0: it the other way. You said the, the third stage is discarding. Is that permanent discarding or is there kind of a, a constant like on and off, back and forth in that?
1: They generally seem to like to hold on a bit. Like, I'm going to suck them back in again um, because they've already taken through the idealization stage. But, you know, it can be so confusing, again, because there's the manipulation and the gaslighting and you wonder if it's you. And... um they may be able to get you back. You, It really gets deep-rooted in that early part, you know, because you thought maybe this person was your soulmate or the love of your life. And there's people that can wait years and years for that first stage to come back, and it never does. And they may still hold on to the narcissistic partner in some way, even though they can be verbally abusive because they're hoping that, you know, maybe they can get that back again can come as a real shock when you're thinking that this person supposedly, you know, treated you like a soulmate or whatever. But usually they've got somebody else lined up. They call it narcissistic supply. It's like an energy supply. They need need that validation, you know, the ego feed. And so, you know, they, they don't like being alone. So usually somebody else will be lined up and you're not even aware of it.
0: And what does it look like to have a narcissist as a family member?
1: Similar behavior and devaluing, of course, and, you know, the child or sibling or whatever, you know, losing your sense of self and your sense of confidence because, you know, you're being put down. They want to have the upper hand. Um, You know, some people are taking care of narcissistic parents in their old age and My understanding is that can get even more complicated because maybe now they've lost an aspect of them that was, you know, part of that ego self that maybe now is fading away, whether it's looks or whatever.
0: What do you do if you know you do have a family who a family member who's a narcissist and you know like you mentioned maybe it's an elderly parent that you have to take care of or you know maybe you're younger and you're still financially dependent on your parents and so it's not possible for you to cut them off and do no contact so how can you communicate effectively and try to have a healthy relationship with a narcissist that you can't escape from and that can get intricate but i would say
1: setting boundaries as best as you can and maintaining your own level of self-worth cuz they can really bring a person down and um some people end up cutting themselves off altogether you know and if that's what's necessary to keep your sanity and you know live a healthier life then that may be the case
0: mm-hmm. and then for somebody who's who's in a relationship or has recently ended a relationship with a narcissist what advice do you have for going no contact
1: Well, no contact, like you said, and really start working on yourself. They, you know, these are people that don't change because they don't think there's anything wrong with them. Um, And this is what my, you know, I have a Facebook group and what I help women with, but it's really building back the trust, which is the number one thing I hear is uh, there's a loss of trust. You know, they don't trust themselves and don't trust others. Their confidence or self-worth is at an all-time low energetically drain a lot of times financially drain some aspects money is like energy but it's it's like you know we lose the confidence they so it's really building yourself back up and a lot of self-love and doing things for you on a daily basis and working on that self-esteem
0: mm-hmm. do you have specific advice on how to rebuild self-confidence and your self-image after a narcissistic relationship?
1: Well, I just have, you know, several tools between the coaching tools and the hypnotherapy, which is really guided meditation. So the meditation is a good tool, you know, it helps us to go deep and heal our heart, you know, because a lot of times we can just sit and talk about stuff, but we're just talking at the conscious level, but our emotions are at the subconscious level. So Meditation and going deeper and using, using visualization techniques and affirmations and um, gratitude and positive mindset tools to help us get back on track. And you know, it does take time to heal because it can really do a number on your self-worth.
0: And you mentioned trust how How do you rebuild trust, and how do you begin to date again after a narcissistic relationship?
1: Um, give yourself time to heal and you know just being cautious and learning to have those boundaries, you know it can be sometimes easily easy to let those people back in, especially if you're feeling really down about yourself and they're boosting you up so try to be friends first, get to know somebody as much as you can. Um have the support of your friends.
0: And when somebody does re-enter the the dating scene, is there anything really in particular specifically that they should be aware of in those first few dates? Something that that is a red flag to pay attention to?
1: Well, moving quickly, not uh not having a respect for your boundaries, showing grandiosity, you know, talking big about themselves.
0: Tell me more about the the characteristics of a narcissist and what are you know some of the common mind games that they play.
1: Liking attention, um, putting the attention on themselves, charming, charismatic can really draw people in, and it's hard to see the other side that's hidden you know, because there's kind of a mask there. Uh, There's can be a lot of anger and rage in the person that comes out at some point. That's kind of surprising. That wasn't, wasn't being shown early on uh, lying. A lot of lying that maybe they want you to believe that things are better than they really are, or they've got a history that's better than it really is. Or maybe they have credentials that are, non-existent or whatever so they can lie about a lot of things. there's a lack of empathy because it's all about them and they they by the way have a tendency to be drawn to empaths if you're familiar with empaths and sometimes it you know, the healer types and people are very empathetic and where the narcissist lacks the empathy and so it's kind of like the opposites attract and so that can be really damaging for the empathic person. There can be jealousy because of the insecurity that's really underneath it all because that's what's being hidden. Manipulation, uh, which kind of takes your power, being very seductive. They can be emotionally cold, even though they may act as though they really care. And sometimes you may see this in the past, maybe how they treated others or family members or whatever. there can be of course infidelity can be rampant because they want that validation you know they want to be praised and of course have that energy lined up uh for the next time uh they don't listen very well because they like to listen to themselves uh they have poor boundaries because they had poor boundaries at as a, as a child and then they take advantage of others lack of boundaries there's a sense of entitlement, uh, projection, which can be like projecting their negative thoughts on someone else, such as accusing you of cheating when they're actually the one who's cheating. <laughs> Having a fragile ego because um, their self-esteem is inconsistent and they need admiration. And this also affects the temper or the anger part. They can be greedy because they're trying to fill a hole. That's really inside of them. Uh, controlling. Unpredictable. They can be grumpy. But, you know, they might be really nice And when they're out and about. And then they come home and then they're nasty. And they don't like being alone. And so that's why there's continuous relationships. Um, they may assume that other people have bad motives because their motives aren't necessarily good ones. Hypersensitivity. Uh, Watching out for criticism, in other words. Taking advantage of others. And they don't seem to have guilt or remorse in that area, of course. Vanity. um, And they may want you to look a certain way as well. Because it makes them look good. Um, They want to get an upper hand. And they do this through criticism. You know, behaving in a superior way. And, you know, this, again, really pushes your self-esteem down. Uh, They like to instill fear. Uh, They're judgmental. um, And they become, they can become angry. So it's like if you know they're going to get angry, it's like you don't even, you're afraid to say something, right? Because you don't want to see the anger and the rage. So then it's like you're walking on eggshells. So now you're fearful. Um, They can sabotage you behind your back, say things about you to other people, because maybe they want you to be isolated. They like to find your flaws and hold it against you. Uh, They may seem understanding about a perceived flaw in the beginning, like, oh, I understand, you know, that you're that way. But then they can use it against you later. Uh, They can also portray themselves as the victim, and they're blameless, and they won't admit that it's their fault.
0: What resources do you recommend? Whether that's um, books, or nonprofit organizations, or websites, or anything of the sort. What resources do you do you recommend for people who are going through or have gone through um, being in a relationship of, of whatever sort with a narcissist?
1: I personally have a an an online facebook group that's called empowered after a narcissist and so you can find that on facebook um getting help if you get help through counseling or something like i said i do what i call spiritual life coaching hypnotherapy but which i see as you know deep work but if you're going to find someone you know, hopefully it's somebody that really helps on the emotional healing level, because certainly the emotions are raw and the self-esteem is is very low. And so there's a lot of help needed there. Um, getting clear in our vision, because a lot of times, in fact, I've got that one coming up very soon. It's a vision and life mission challenge, because a lot of times, you know, our mind is just in a fog. You know, we've been manipulated. It's hard to see clear, like, what do I even want anymore? a lot of times people feel they've lost themselves and that's what happens. And that's what they want is you kind of lose a sense of self and you've got to figure it out again. And who am I? And what is it that I really want? Cause I've been doing all this stuff for somebody else and now I've got to take care of myself. So, um, I've got a uh, free training coming up on that
0: You mentioned your Facebook group and your coaching. Where can my listeners go to learn more about you and and the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, my website is KathleenNightingale.com, Kathleen with a K, and then Nightingale is N-I-G-H-T-I-N-G-A-L-E.com. I've been writing some blog articles on it and sharing other information and also doing some challenges on building trust, building confidence.
0: And that's a wrap. I'll be back next Wednesday to talk about chakra healing for sexual trauma. This is one of my favorite episodes I have ever recorded and I cannot wait to share it with you. If you know someone who will enjoy the Hippie Haven podcast, be sure to share it with them or on social media. If you post on Instagram, don't forget to tag me as well at Hippie Haven Shop. This podcast is produced with the help of my community manager, Kelly, who also runs our Hippie Haven Facebook group. Please support the work we do by leaving a review for the podcast in whichever app you're using to listen, or you can buy us a virtual cup of coffee to keep us going. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash hippiehaven to support the work we do with just $4. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you have a great rest of your day.